0: Greetings in Jesus name, welcome to this beautiful Wednesday night service. It is such a joy to connect with each and every one of you here. Let me just take this time to thank you and bless each and every one of you that are here. I do believe that you are not here by a coincidence or just because you like to learn something from the book of Revelation. You are here because the Lord wants to draw your heart after His The Lord wants to transform your character and make you more and more like Him. Every time we reflect and we see what is in the Word of God, how the Lord has shown who He is, how He has explained His character, His personality to us in His scripture. Every time we reflect on that and we meditate on it, we have now the ability and the grace and the potential to inhabit it and to represent and to be filled with that same character and now to be an extension of that character in the world that we are living in. So I do believe that you are not here by an accident. You are here because you want your life to be transformed The Lord wants your life to be changed. The Lord wants to upgrade you, take you to the next level. I hope that you are enjoying praying and that you are enjoying being connected with the heart of God during the time of prayer. Prayer is very foundational. If we can't pray, if we can't be in the presence of the Lord for a long time, then everything else that we do will have no meaning. Because we are ultimately created for the presence of the Lord. We are ultimately created to be in His atmosphere, in this atmosphere where He can speak to us and where we can speak to Him and we can engage with His heart. I think the ability that a believer has to be in the presence of the Lord and to enjoy that presence and to engage with that presence That is a true test of a believer's maturity and his true spiritual capacity. It is not just in how long you can read the Bible or how long you can just worship. It is in how long you can engage with the presence of the Lord. And that is really amazing. Uh, I thank the Lord for each and every one of you who have been diligent to come here Wednesday after Wednesday to pray together, to seek the heart of God, to intercede for nations, to prophesy over the nations of the earth. And we know that we're living in the most troubling times of all. We've been reading the news of what's coming from around the world and what's happening around the world. And we know what's happening in Afghanistan. We know what's happening in many of the uh, nations around the world and it's uh, very troubling and these are times when we understand what God is doing, we understand what the enemy is trying to do to create havoc and we have to be the church which will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. See the salt it has a characteristic the salt it has the ability to preserve, anything that it is added to. So I believe that if we are here on the earth, we are meant to be the salt on the earth. I understand that these are the last days and that we are going to see things becoming worse and worse. We're going to see even more crazy news reports and even more crazy things happening around the world. But you and I, we are the salt, we are the preservatives. When we talk about The nation of Afghanistan, it is not the political leaders who are the answers to the nation. It is not the uh, other external countries that are coming to help or send aid who are going to answer. Or it's not even another military regime that will come and overturn this Taliban regime which will be the answer. The ultimate answer to all the humanity crisis that the nation is facing is that the church in Afghanistan has to rise up like never before. So we have to pray for the church. We have to diligently stand in the gap and believe that the Lord will use the church to preserve the nation. That because of the church, because of the salt of Afghanistan, that nation will be preserved. The people groups will be preserved. Their well-being will be preserved. You know, when we pray, there is great power, my dear friends. And it is necessary that we tap into that power week after week when we gather here. We are not just doing this because it is Wednesday night. We are doing this because we know that heavens move when we speak a word. We know that the kingdoms of darkness, they shake when we speak a word. We know and we understand that Angels, they rush to serve and to help and to provide for the things that we declare when we pray and when we declare. So, I thank God for each and every one of you who have been diligent and prayerful. And I thank God for our spiritual parents who have been bringing us such prophetic teachings week after week. Who have been diligent to hear from the Lord before they utter a word been diligent to just intentionally redirect our steps week after week. I hope that you received a great meal last Sunday. And it is necessary that we not just receive the word, but we take time to digest the word. And one of the best ways you can do that is by going into the app and re-listen to the word that you get on Sunday morning. And, uh, Meditate on it through the week. Listen to it multiple times till that word now begins to manifest in and through you. And I enjoy the app. I am thoroughly enjoying the app already. I hope that you are enjoying it too. Having said that, here is an exciting news. We are just about to launch our television program from the month of September. And this is a huge project. We have never taken up something so big in the past. This is a door that the Lord has opened up. And we know that the Lord is faithful to take us through and help us, give us everything required to sustain this ministry. And you know that what our Father teaches week after week is not just meant for the few of us. It's supposed to be a prophecy over the nations, So I believe that in this season, this is actually going to happen when the television program starts. The word is now going to go into uh, so many homes, 330 million homes around the world will be receiving a prophetic word week after week. And we need to ask the Lord for a supernatural grace on the television ministry. We need to believe that There will be healings that will break out when they are watching. We need to believe that entire households will experience salvation. We need to pray that kings and queens will experience the light of God and will experience transformation because of this television ministry. And we need to intentionally partner, prayerfully partner, If you can set aside a time of the day to just pray every day for the television ministry, please do that. It will really help because you won't understand it when you're just on the outside. But when you get on the inside, you understand that this is a spiritual warfare that we need to fight. And if you would keep aside a little time every day to just pray and to just believe that the Lord will break every chain, And if you would partner and make warfare along with us, that will be a great help. It'll not just be one person doing all the work, but it'll be an entire army that will be battling alongside our man of God. And secondly, if you're able to partner financially, uh, it'll be great. We would invite you to set aside an amount every month and put it on Revive Nations Just go on revivenations.org slash give and commit to partnering according to your ability, according to how much ever you can spare. Mm -hmm. We understand that your tithes and your offerings, it has to go to your local church. If you're part of Revive Nations Global Church, you may be giving to Revive Nations. That's different. But apart from your tithes and offerings, if you can take a little amount Uh, whatever amount it be, however the Lord would lead you, if you can set it aside to give to the Lord for the sake of the television ministry, we would invite you to do that from the month of September on a regular basis. And the Lord will open up doors for these nations that are being blessed and that we are investing into. The harvest of these nations will come back into your homes the doors that you were waiting to open into different nations of the world for your own life, for your own ministry, for your own career, it will happen. This is a beautiful place where you can invest and sow because whatever you sow is what you will reap and it will come back into your home and into your family. Tonight, for the study of God's word, we're going to go back into the book of Revelation We'll read a couple of verses and then we'll check out a story from the Old Testament. This is the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6. This is Apostle John who is speaking. He says, Then I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of a mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder, and what was The sound that he heard, it was a sound of praise, it was a sound of worship unto God. And this is what it said. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. This is Apostle John experiencing something in the spirit dimension, in the spirit world that he was in. And he is hearing a song, he is hearing a worship. He is hearing a revelation and a declaration in the spirit realm. And this revelation was so great that when he is listening to it with his capacity, with his human ears, it sounds to him like the shout of a vast crowd, not one or two people singing or saying it individually. It sounds like a huge crowd of people shouting out loud in unison or it even sounded like the roar of a mighty ocean wave and it sounded like the crash of a loud thunder that makes me think this was phenomenal it needed to be given attention it is something that people cannot miss it is something that we have to have to stop by to meditate and spend time understanding what this person is speaking or singing about. It's in fact a song of praise to the Lord and it says, Praise the Lord, why? For the Lord our God, the Almighty, he reigns. There is a reason prescribed here to worship God, to praise him, to give him glory, to give him honor. And the reason is that he reigns. God is in control. God is in charge. See, the book of Revelation will tell us all sorts of things. It will give us information about the judgments, the woes, the plagues, all the challenges that the earth is going to face during the tribulation period, during the great tribulation period, during the time of the Antichrist, and when the Antichrist is about to be judged, the wars that are going to happen. And in all of these things... The Bible says that God, He still reigns and because He still reigns, worship should go to Him. Honor still should go to Him. Praise should continue to go to Him. See, this is the sign of a man and a woman of God that have a revelation beyond what they can see and touch and feel because what you can see is chaos. What you can see is the enemy going all out offensive against the people of God. What you can see is that God is judging the entire world and there is crazy judgments and woes that are being thrown onto the earth. What you can see is that things are out of control. But here is a group of people. Here is angelic beings who have seen the throne of God. Here are angelic beings who have experienced the greatness of our God who is seated in heaven and they sing, praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the Almighty, He reigns. This has to be the cry of the end time church. We cannot for a moment begin to panic. Even for a season in life, we cannot think that, just because this didn't go the way that we thought it should, that everything is now going to come to an end. No, we have to believe that God reigns on high. He is still in control. He is still in charge. See, when Jesus was leaving the earth, uh, he told the apostles, uh, he called all the apostles, the disciples together, and he told them this. All authority... On heaven and on earth, it has been given to me. It's done. It's done. I I am the one in charge. I hold the keys to everything that will happen in heaven, on earth and under the earth. I have achieved a permanent victory. And now I am the person that everybody commits to, that everybody obeys to, that everybody would submit to. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, you should go and baptize them. Therefore, you should teach them to obey me. Therefore, you should remember that I am with you till the very end of the age. What is Jesus trying to tell them? He is telling them, I am in charge. I am in control. And because I am in control, it doesn't mean that you become lazy. It doesn't mean that you just sit at home and chill and watch Netflix and don't be bothered at all about the world around you. No, because I am in control, you need to work even more harder. Because I am in charge, you need to go out there and preach like never before. You need to pray like never before. You need to worship like never before. You need to love the people around you like never before. See... The whole Christendom, it is split into two big variety of doctrines. One group says, God is in control. Uh, We don't have anything to do with anything that God decides or chooses. So let's just chill. Let's just trust that God is sovereign and he will make all things beautiful in his time. Whereas the other side believes that, wait, we are in control of everything. God has given us the dominion of the entire world and so we decide everything that goes on in the world, it is in our hands. Uh, Now, in a way, both of them are correct. God is in control and at the same time, He expects us to take charge, to use the authority that He has given us, to use the dominion that He has given us and exercise dominion here on earth. Both of it is necessary. We cannot just take uh, one end of the spectrum and ignore the other. So many times, one of the things that a lot of people that believe in the sovereignty of God, what they do is they become lazy or they become very casual or lethargic. But the Bible says, no, you should be doing the exact opposite. Because all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me, Now you should go and preach the gospel. Now you should fight the good fight. And now you should actually stay faithful till the very end. Because I am in control. Because I am in charge. And we see the same thing here. In Revelation chapter 19 it says, Now you need to praise the Lord. Why? Because He is in charge. Because He is in control. See, usually our response would be to blame God For his absence in this chaos. What we read about in the book of Revelation may look like a crazy, crazy time. If we don't know that uh, God is still in control, if we don't understand what God is doing behind the scenes, then that will be our time to constantly crib about everything that is going wrong with the world around us. But the instruction says you need to praise him in the midst of the chaos. You need to worship Him because He still range. Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 says, Let us in fact be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to Him. This is for a different reason. First instruction is to praise Him, to worship Him. What was the reason for that? It was because God reigns in heaven, right? Verse 7 it says, now let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him. Why is that? For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. She's ready. She's excited. She is been waiting and she's been preparing and she has reached The final stages, she has reached the end of her preparation. Now the time is finally here for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And so because of that, let us be glad and let us rejoice and let us give honor to Him. You see how there is this balance. There is this balance of why we should worship God. The first reason it says we should worship is because He reigns in heaven the second reason why we should worship and why we should be glad and rejoice and we should give honor to him is because the bride, the church, she has prepared herself. She has strengthened herself. She has reached the destination that she was supposed to reach. And the time is finally here for the wedding feast of the lamp. Isn't that amazing that God is not just saying that because of me, all of you guys should rejoice. He's saying, when you see the church is getting ready, when you see the church is reaching its destination, you need to rejoice. You need to worship. You need to be thankful. You need to celebrate. Because you see that the time of the wedding feast is almost around the corner. So I think that one of the reason why the Lord is definitely delaying His coming is because the church is not prepared well. The bride is not yet ready. She is not prepared herself properly. She is still a work in progress. She still needs to go through the whole motion of journeying to reach where the Lord wants us to reach. And finally, when we are ready, when we have said a yes, when we have an understanding of where the Lord is taking us, then He will come back. Jesus will come back and it will be the time for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Let me take you into the Old Testament and we read about a particular story in Genesis chapter 24, a beautiful wedding story, the story of Isaac and Rebekah. I think this is the longest chapter in the book of Genesis. And uh, we may not find it like a miraculous or very uh, exciting all the time, but it truly was a miracle how Eliezer, or the eldest servant of Abraham, found Rebekah and brought her to be a wife for Isaac. See, you and I, we have Google Maps, we have our Apple Maps, or we have... You know, connectivity. We know where to go. We know whom to search for on Instagram. We know how to find an exact uh, timeline in our history. But that's not the times that these guys lived in. Here is Eliezer. He's completely dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit, he's completely dependent on God to help him keep his vow that he made to his master. Abraham had made him promise that he will never let his son get married to a local Canaanite woman. He was very particular about it. He said to his servant, you need to go back to my father's house and find a bride for him from there, from the place where I have come, from the place that I have originated from. I cannot let him marry any one of these local women. And the second condition that he gave uh, to his servant is that you cannot take my son back to my father's house. This is his destination. This is his destiny. This is where he's supposed to be. So you cannot allow him to go back to that place. And we know how the story progresses. Eliezer, he goes in search for this bride, for Isaac, And he finally reaches this place and he prays and he asks the Lord for a sign. And he did get the sign. He did find a young woman and he did ask her, Where is your family? Take me to your family. He goes to the family. The family agrees to let her be a bride to Isaac. But then at the end of the day, It couldn't be the family's choice. It couldn't be their decision. It had to be Rebecca's decision. It had to be her choice to take that extra step, to leave her father's home, to leave immediately. There couldn't be any delay. It couldn't happen tomorrow. It couldn't happen the week after. It had to happen now, now, now. You know, it's very unheard of in a custom of that time that a stranger walks into your home using the name of your relative and takes your daughter and goes off in a day's time. That's not normal. And yet, it is something that they had to do in faith. Rebecca had to take a step of faith to walk out into this journey. And it was a journey, it was a really long journey of leaving her father's house and reaching the place where her bridegroom was waiting for her. See, even before Rebecca met her bridegroom, she met the servant of the bridegroom. She met the person who would prepare her, who would tell her how her master is going to be like, who would reveal to her who her master is. And uh, if you actually study the name Elijah, you would find that His name means God is my help or his name can also be translated as helper. And in the New Testament, we understand that the Holy Spirit, he is known as our helper. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to us, to you and to me, uh, to the church as our helper. The Holy Spirit was given to the church. See, many in the first century church, they were fortunate enough to have walked with Jesus and talked with him. And yet, the rest of the Christianity, from then on to now, we first meet the Holy Spirit. And even when we experience the presence of God and the presence of Jesus, it is in fact the presence of the Holy Spirit that we are experiencing. And unless you have had a personal encounter with Jesus, we have not really met with Jesus in person I'm not talking about an individual I'm talking about the church in general the bride of Jesus in general we haven't met Jesus yet it will happen on the wedding day it will happen on the day when we see our bridegroom face to face but we have access to our helper to the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He does the same thing that he did with Rebecca. He prepared her family. He prepared her. He spoke to her, gave her instructions, helped her. All through the journey, he directed her. See, Rebecca has never left a home. She doesn't know where to go searching for her bridegroom. Rebecca cannot even get out of the city or the town without someone else's help. And yet, here comes a helper that is sent to her from her bridegroom, from her master, sent to her. And that is who the Holy Spirit is to us. He comes to us from Jesus himself. Jesus said this to his disciples. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but as soon as I go... I'm going to send you a helper and he is going to lead you into all truth he will remind you of me he will remind you of everything that I have taught you and things that you even forget he will bring it to remembrance and when you stand before kings and queens the spirit of my father he will reveal to you what to speak and how to speak and how to behave. He will enable you. He will fill you with the power and you will be my witnesses all throughout the world. That is who the Holy Spirit is to us. See, Rebecca, she had never seen Isaac and yet she trusted the word of Eliezer. She trusted everything that Eliezer said about who Isaac is. And how loving he is, how handsome he is, how generous he is, how kind he is. She trusted the word of Eliezer about his uh, financial background, his economic uh, conditions, his family history. Everything that Elias said to Rebecca about Isaac, she trusted him. She trusted the helper. She trusted the person that was sent to her. And the Bible goes on to say that one day, finally, after a long time of journey, after a long time of traveling on the camels, she finally reached a place where she saw Isaac. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 24, how Rebekah asked Eliezer, or the servant, who is this man that is coming towards me? Who is this person? Tell me his identity. Reveal to me who I am about to meet. And then the servant is the one who introduces Isaac to Rebecca and Rebecca to Isaac. And I believe and I know for a fact that the church in the last days, the more that we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more that we grow in acknowledging how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and the more we understand and depend on the Holy Spirit, the more we will head in the right direction and the more we will have a revelation of who Jesus is and when it is time for us to reach our destination and what kind of preparations we need to make when we reach there. You would see that as soon as she saw Isaac, she got off the camel, she covered her face. There were certain things that she did because it was taught to her. The master's servant or Eliezer, the helper, he had explained to Rebecca what does it take to stand before my master? How should you prepare yourself to meet Your bridegroom. What is the culture like on this side of the world? You should understand that Abraham had shifted cultures. He was in a completely different land, in a different environment, and a different world altogether. Isaac has never been where Abraham was. For Isaac, this is where he was born, this is where he grew up, and this is where his entire life was spent. And Eliezer, he prepared Rebekah. He told her how to meet her bridegroom. Church, in these last days, if we have to actually see a fulfillment of what is spoken of in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7, where it says that the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself If we have to prepare ourselves, if the church needs to be ready to meet her bridegroom, then it takes a deep, close, personal walk and relationship with the Holy Spirit for us to reach that place. It is only the Holy Spirit, it is only the presence of this helper in our lives who can uh, teach us what we need to avoid, who can teach us what we need to imitate who can teach us how we need to submit, how we need to be connected to our church. It is the Holy Spirit who orchestrates everything in the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, it says, He gives different gifts to different people in the church. Why? So that we can all function as one body, as one church. We are not supposed to function independently of each other no we are supposed to be fitting together to function in harmony in symphony so that we can look like the beautiful bride that jesus paid a price for and that when we do everything that is necessary in the way that we do our relationships in the way that we honor one another in the way that we honor god's presence among us in the way that we are the salt and the light of the earth where we are placed. You know, we are in fact going on this journey with the helper, with Elias, with the master servant to reach that destination, to reach that time frame, to reach that place in the spirit where we have prepared ourselves to now meet our bridegroom. See, we are all waiting for the Lord's return. We are all waiting for the wedding feast of the Lamb. But God is not waiting for that. God is waiting for the bride to prepare herself. That is the only variable in this entire equation. Does God always reign? Absolutely yes. Is God ready to come back? Absolutely yes. But is the church prepared? Are we ready? Have we done our part? Are we ready to inherit what we lived our life here on earth for? I hope that it is worth spending some time evaluating ourselves and meditating on how is my relationship with the Holy Spirit? How much do I depend on this helper who is sent to prepare me to meet my master? How much do I I love access to the Holy Spirit to mold me, to make me, to change me, to interfere into my life and change my plans and change my desires. How much do I depend on this Holy Spirit? Now, if you will allow me, I would like to add one more interpretation or another angle as to who this servant Eliezer could be in the New Testament, for you and for me. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and verse 1 onwards, this is Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. For I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Now, who is speaking this? Apostle Paul. He was the spiritual father or the uh, prophet and the apostle over the church at Corinth. And he is writing to the church and he tells them, Do you know that I committed to God, that I'm going to bring a bride, a pure, holy bride, a set-apart bride who has total affection and devotion in her heart for you. That was my promise and my commitment and my covenant to God. That is what Apostle Paul says. He says, I promised you as a pure bride or a pure virgin To one husband, Christ. But now, I feel that somehow your purity and your undivided attention, devotion to Christ is getting corrupted. Now, you see someone else working hard to make sure this bride is prepared. This bride is ready. That this bride reaches her destination you see another way of understanding who this servant could be. It is not just the Holy Spirit who is working hard in helping us reach the destination, in helping us experience who Jesus is, experience our bridegroom, see our bridegroom and have an encounter with our bridegroom. It is not just the Holy Spirit. Now, if you read the context in uh, Genesis chapter 24, you would see that Eliezer didn't go to this place all by himself. He took his servants along and Eliezer was not alone on the way back. He had servants under him and just like the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, there are these servants that he would choose, he would select, he would handpick so that these servants can be used by God to now prepare the church for the second coming of Jesus. And for the church at Corinth, it had to be their spiritual father who will now remind them of his role in their lives, how he's supposed to prepare them. He is now reminding them of the commitment that he made to God about this church and that there is some discrepancies in that commitment because of their lifestyle now now this is where we have to submit to our spiritual leaders and understand who are the men and the women of god that god has given us as our helpers as those people who will now prepare us for the second coming of jesus Which means that just like I depend on the Holy Spirit, just like I submit to the voice of God, just like I yield to God on a daily basis, I need to also yield to my pastor. I need to hear what my spiritual father is speaking. I need to be in alignment to what my father has promised to God about me. I cannot just live my life however I want to. God has given me a human role model that I can look up to and I can imitate. Now, I cannot just do whatever I feel like and live however I feel like. Now, everything may not be about if it is sinful or not sinful. That is not our standard of living. We are not just doing things because it is the Christian way to do things or it is non-Christian to not You know, do these things? No, that's not our standard or our way of living. Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, you've got to imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Just as I walk ahead of you to look at Jesus and imitate him in everything. Now, you've got to imitate me. Now, that is who our spiritual leaders are supposed to be to us. Listen to me very carefully, my dear church the more that we are attentive and submissive to the voice of God, to the helping hand of God that is sent to prepare you and me for the second coming of Jesus, the more we are in alignment to them, the more we are able to imitate their lifestyles, the more we are able to walk in sync with them, the easier it will be for us to be ready easier it will be for us when Jesus comes back. We will not be found without clothes. We will not be found without preparation. The verse 8, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 8, it says, She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the linen, for the fine linen That she's wearing, it represents the good deeds of God's holy people. It's in context to the preparation of the church. And it says that she has been given. This white robe had to be given to her. It had to be imparted to her. It had to be released over her life. It's talking about the church. And it says she had been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. Now, it is the ones that are preparing her to meet the bridegroom, who is giving her the gown she needs to wear when she would meet the bridegroom. They are the ones who are telling her how to get off the camel, how to put a veil over your face, how to do your makeup, how to avoid this posture, How to avoid this language and what language you should use and what language you should not use and that is why it says that she had been given the white the finest of pure white linen to wear every time that our father speaks every time that we get a word from the pulpit on a sunday morning you may not see it in its entirety But what is being given to us is white, pure white linen to wear. What has been given to us is the grace to do good deeds. When we are here on earth, when we are representing Jesus to the world around us, the good deeds that we will do here on earth, that is the pure white linen that has been given to us by our helpers. Every time you spend time in prayer, every morning that you would spend time in prayer, afternoon, evenings, whenever you meditate on the Word and the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your heart and He begins to mold you, He begins to change you. Do you know what's happening? He is giving you the finest of pure white linen to wear. And you're being changed, your dressing sense is changing. Your preparation level is increasing. You are growing closer and closer to that point in time. You should know that God is outside of time. From God's eyes, everything has already happened. He is not surprised when Jesus comes back, or He is not like, wow, it is finally here, and that Jesus is finally bringing the bride back home. It's not a point in time that God has to arrive at. It is we who need to arrive at that point in time. You should know that in the story of Isaac and Rebecca, Isaac is not the one who returns, but it is Rebecca who finds Isaac in the field. Rebecca is the one who is traveling. She is the one that the Holy Spirit is taking through the journey of traveling from her father's land to now. The land where she will live with her bridegroom for all her life. Now, the church, you and I, we are the ones who are traveling in time. Till we reach that point that Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 talks about. It says, for the time has come. The time is here. The time for the wedding feast of the Lamb. The time where... The bride has climaxed. she has finished, she has completed the preparation process. Everything that has to be given to her by her helpers, she has received it well and she has put it into practice and she has finally arrived at the finishing point. Now the time has arrived for the wedding to take place. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that something that we desire to see and experience and enjoy. As much as we have to look forward to it in the days to come, there is a great responsibility upon the church on how we respond to it today. How are we going to prepare? How are we going to submit? How are we going to develop a closer walk with the Holy Spirit? How are we going to realign ourselves to our Apostle Paul? How are we going to yield our hearts and submit our hearts and allow the Lord to change us from the inside so that when that pure white linen is given to us, that it is something that we'd be more than glad to receive and accept and walk in, that we will not be complaining of how restrictive it is and how uh, it uh, we can't do certain things, and we we you know we are not able to go certain places. And no, don't just keep cribbing about the uh, restrictive nature of this gown. See, once you wear this gown, you are royalty. You cannot walk in the muck. You cannot walk in uh, ordinary places. You are meant for a royal purpose. You are meant for a royal destination, and that is why this. Gown is placed upon your life. A pure white linen robe that is being put on your life. That is being put upon your character. Wow. I just showed that uh, this word is something that is encouraging you, helping you, preparing you. It is definitely doing that to my spirit. It is doing that to my heart and my relationship with God. And my hope is that The Lord is doing a deep work in your heart as you're yielded and receptive to the Lord tonight. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, your word says that we need to worship you because you are in control, that you reign, that you are in charge, that you are above it all, that there is no weapons that are formed against you that will ever prosper that you know all things from the beginning to the end. And so we will worship you, Lord. And it also tells us to be glad and to rejoice and to give honor to you, because the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the bride has prepared herself. Lord, help us to rejoice for this fact in the days to come. Help us to Give glory to you for this reason in the days to come. Help us to see and witness the wedding feast of the Lamb and help us to see how the bride has prepared herself, readied herself, how the bride has submitted to the help that has been sent to her, the helper, the Holy Spirit that was given to her, that was poured out without measure upon the church. Help us to see that fact and Rejoice and be glad and give honor to God for that. Lord, help us also to honor those leaders that you have placed upon our lives who are preparing us, who have promised us to be a pure bride to Jesus. I pray that we will honor their commitments, we would honor their lives, we would honor the sacrifices that they have made to invest into us. Help us, Lord, to walk in your ways and to say a yes to the pure white linen that you're giving us to wear. And Lord, we know that in the days to come, none of us will be found unworthy. None of us will be found unclothed. None of us will be found uncovered. That we will all be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. We yield ourselves to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, an Amen, Amen, Amen. Wow, it was such a joy to connect with all of you one more time. Do let us know in the comments how the Lord ministered to you, what the Lord spoke to you. We are excited for something fresh that will come up next week. Let's see how the Lord would lead us, but let's continue to remain in a place of prayer. And hungry and receptive. Ask the Lord to speak to us. To reveal uh, his heart for the end time church. Good night for tonight or good morning or good evening. uh, To whichever time zone you are in. May the Lord cause the rest of your week to be fruitful. And do remember to partner with Revive Nations TV. For the television ministry that is coming up in the month ahead. Do remember to sign up on the Shaiju Matthew app so you can get the latest word um, that dad is preaching week after week. Do remember to share these messages, these streams to your friends so that more people can be blessed and more people can be prepared to meet with the Lord Jesus that we are about to meet with. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a blessed and a beautiful day rest of the week.